Welcome to Code Grays, an episode-by-episode recap of Grey's Anatomy. I'm Teresa Rosado, and I'm joined by Patrice Anthony and Megan Tatsky. This week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 26, Deterioration of the Fight-or-Flight Response. <laughs> yes, we are. A song by the Flaming Lips. Yeah, Flaming yeah. Lips. Can't wait, to, can't wait to put that into our audio effects. <laughs> It's, can I say something? It's gotten much harder since 2016 to download music illegally. Really? I bet. This is a thing that I have noticed personally. Yeah, they don't really like when you do that. No, I'm sorry. This is a thing that I have heard anecdotally right. from right. others. Right. right, We don't do that. We purchase never. our music legally. Would never. On iTunes or your favorite platform, Google Play. <laughs> Tidal. <laughs> oh, I have a title. Title. <laughs> All right. So, Teresa's going to walk us through the rounds. <laughs> Let's get to our rounds. This was a crazy episode. It was so hard to recap. Yeah, I, I so completely agree. And I actually don't envy you for doing this because I, I was like thinking about who was going to do it. And I was like, I don't know really how I would talk about this in 30 seconds. So, I'm looking forward to how you do it. Yeah. Well, with that, here I go. <laughs> okay. Ready? Three. Two, one, 30 seconds. All right. So this episode was written by Joan Rader and Tony Phelan, and it was directed by Rob Korn. Um, we open with Burke dying because he's been shot, um, even though Izzy really needs him to operate on a dying Denny because she has cut that motherfucker's LVAD wire and things go to shit immediately. Um, we've also got uh, Tessa Thompson playing the chief's niece who passed out during sex and she's in the hospital because her cancer might have reoccurred. Everything has gone to hell. That was just masterfully done. What a great wrap up. <laughs> what a great Thanks wrap up. so much. Thanks so much. Everything has gone to hell. Yeah, it has. <laughs> the shit is hitting the fan. And we know how serious it is because when we open, everyone gets to be part of the voiceover. Yes, everything is episode. frantic. Yes. Izzy gets to say the word sex. I know, it's her one role. And Very we all know it's her only role. It's she's <laughs> sexy. It's she's the sexy intern. She's the sexy Which person. is insane. Yang is clearly the sexy intern. What the oh, yeah. fuck? <laughs> True facts. 100%. <laughs> True facts have never been spoken. Well, uh, I think it's kind of funny. Like, when they, when they like, zoom in on Burke's dying body... And then you hear the voiceover, like it's this sort of like everyone is responsible for sort of like one or two words. And it's like weirdly quiet. It's like that eerie quiet that you hear like after a loud noise. And then it's like it's like the calm before the storm, right? Because I think that the whole intro monologue is so even keeled. And then we go into the freneticism of the rest of the episode. And we're like totally lost like after immediately after that moment. And I think it's like a really effective way to start an episode like this because it's so there's so much going on the entire time that that moment of calm, I think actually lends itself pretty well to that like fight or flight. Like what are we going to do in the result of this tragedy? And the response is everyone goes apeshit. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I I think I noted in my notes, I was like, the episode feels weirdly disjointed. Like you were saying, mm. there's that moment of silence in which maybe like your brain is processing whether you're going to fight, flight, or freeze, or whatever the other one is. Yeah. Fall. Fall. There we go. <laughs> um, and then I was wondering like if they purposely shot the show in the way they did and wrote it in the way they did to make us mm. feel that. Yeah. 
I, I really liked that interpretation because I thought it excused what was otherwise like a very jumpy episode. Yeah. <laughs> but if I think of it as intentionally disorienting, then I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And now I appreciate. Let's, let's give the writers the benefit of uh, the yeah, doubt. Yeah. Well, really, that let's give the director Rob Korn. Again, that's Rob I almost Korn. lost it when you said Rob his name. Korn, no. Not Rob Zombie. Rob Corn. When I was looking at the episode info and I realized I was going to have to say the name Rob Corn and keep a straight face, <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Also, just like, this why wouldn't you go by Robert? I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Patrice, that would make the difference. Or just like I'm add Robert Korn. Add your middle name or go, I don't know, man. I think you should have gone by Bobby Corn. Yeah, right? Just <laughs> lean into it. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so this, this episode opens, we've got Burke lying on the ground. It's like, it's pretty unsettling. Like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty terrifying to see him lying there. He looks dead as fuck. (laughs) Isaiah Washington does a really good job of looking in shock and looking very dead. Super dead. Oh, fuck. He nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) He nailed it. Great acting. Very method. Super dead. (laughs) Like, way to really just lay there. Emmy award-winning dead. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I forget. I I think it was you, Teresa, that pointed out how good, um, how wonderfully he acted in this particular episode. And I think Isaiah Washington is a really, really good actor. um, And I think we see that often in this show. I wasn't overly struck by it in this episode, which probably tells me that he was doing a great job, right? Because I wasn't thinking about it, right? I wasn't thinking about his acting. Um, But in hindsight, once you pointed that out, I was like, oh, man, like he really does. Because there's like both very tender moments in this episode for Burke with him and Christina and him and Derek and things like that. Um, And some like really intense, you know, when they wake him up in surgery, it's like sort of that whole spectrum of the different... um, physical and emotional acting that I think I thought that was really well pointed out that he he really does a great job in this episode um for somebody who's used to yeah, like yeah he plays vulnerability very well that's what I was thinking is like it's actually surprising to me given the kind of character that um they've built Burke up to be uh I forgot how well he taps into that vulnerability space and so I was like I was like very sympathetic towards him this episode um and thought he he was just raw he seemed really he seemed truly like he did not know what to do mm-hmm. he yeah. sold that absolutely he seemed so vulnerable definitely so after they pan out and they take Birkin uh to the hospital chief meets christina and tells her to go run you know trauma one or whatever because he's avoiding telling her that burke has been shot and then <gasps> Bailey brings Burke in to go to trauma two, I think. Um, and I'm di- I'm wondering because I I I think that Megan, you also noted, and maybe Teresa, you did too. Just like, why would the chief not tell her? Like, what did they think her reaction was going to be? And then also, if they were avoiding getting her involved because of their personal relationship, then looking at later when they bring her into the operating yes. room to be his wake up person, like. These two things do not connect for me. Yeah, I, I completely yeah, agree. I mean, I was immediately consistent. frustrated that he d- decided not to tell Christina. And and I, I sort of wonder what goes into like a leadership decision like that, right? When you have somebody and, and, and you know, like in his defense, right, they're not married, right? They have a they they 
they're, mm-hmm. you know, have a, a casual relationship or I guess a semi-serious relationship. Um, and so I don't know what sort of the laws with that are. Clearly, the Seattle Grace does not follow very many of those laws. Um, but it feels like a pretty weak <laughs> excuse to not tell her, you know, and to give her the, you know, the responsibility yeah. of running trauma too. Who's the shooter, right? Like, it didn't immediately dawn on me because mm-hmm. I didn't watch these episodes in quick succession with each other that the guy that she's working on is the person who shot her boyfriend. And I actually think that that's what makes yeah. it the most inappropriate, um, right? That, like, mm-hmm. he he sort of tasks her with saving the person who shot her boyfriend that she doesn't even know about. And I think that that's, like, really – I was grateful that, like, we we she learns relatively quickly. Like, I think that that's an important moment that she's um, – learns that it is Burke really quickly through a pure happenstance, right? She happens to see through the door that it's Burke. Um, and I think that, but I think it's a really... <laughs> yeah, great secrecy yeah, plan. right? <laughs> Derek just walks and swings the door wide open. Like, they could have closed like, the curtain ah, or Burke. something. <laughs> I, I definitely noticed this because this will become a time-honored practice at Seattle Grace. And I'm just... I'm so appalled by it. I think it's just so disturbing. And uh, yeah, I, I totally disagree with the chief's choice here. And to, to uh, I almost called you Christina's point. <laughs> Ooh, high praise. To Patrice's point. <laughs> and that consistent later when they're like, oh yeah, before we didn't want to tell you because you might freak out. But now let's come and have you try and keep him calm when we wake him up for a wake test during surgery. That's way more traumatic. So inappropriate. (laughs) Man, the wake-up test, I, you know, I would be curious to know how often things like that happen. We see it a few times in this show, and I I didn't look into it, but that is awful. Like, that was, that's like, again, like, Mm -hmm. very, very strong acting in that scene from everybody, but particularly Isaiah Washington, because, wow, what an awful, awful, awful experience. And it's so inappropriate to bring her in, right? Like... She's clearly yeah. emotional. It's her boyfriend. Like, and and I was sort of thinking about that. This is a really good example where um, of an episode where people tend to treat Christina like a robot just because she's very smart and has excellent surgical gifts, and they sort of see mm-hmm. that as an you know, like I think her fellow doctors, her colleagues, really see that as an opportunity to treat her like she has no feelings or that she's you know incapable of mm-hmm. feeling something. And I think that that's like I feel like Christina is constantly um, throughout her tenure on this show trying to like defend her um, her humanity in a lot of ways. And I think that she has to do that. She hasn't really learned that skill yet because it's still early on. But I think that like <laughs> you see her being like, why the fuck am I here? You know, and it's like, I don't know. And I yeah. think that that's like really unfair. And I think that um I don't know, like, I, I, I understand why they write the character that way, but I think it's, like, a really, really unfair way to do that. Let's I let's start from the top yeah. with Burke, I think. Let's just go ahead and start there, um, because he's kind of an engine for the rest of the episode and what's going wrong throughout the rest of the episode. Um, so he's been shot, obviously. He's, he's in shock. They call in... Shepherd because he he's out of it clearly right something um, is happening yeah maybe on his spine it's impinging in, in his yeah brain and so like where where he got shot is like it's it's, it's his brachial it's nerve impinging a nerve yeah. yeah so it's like in his yeah. shoulder and which connects to his hand right and so he's got an aneurysm yeah. right on that nerve which obviously is responsible yeah, for his hand function as a 
surgeon. Exactly. Right. Right. And so, you know, they say at one point in the episode when Derek and Burke are talking that maybe he can recover 80% Mm. um, functionality in that hand. And Derek says to Burke, but that's not enough for you. And Burke knows that that's not enough. So it's, it's, they kind of have a a somewhat humorous conversation about Burke taking up fishing, you know, instead. Um, so he has to make this really big decision. Like, are you going to go ahead mm-hmm. with the surgery, which could end up paralyzing him? Um, or are you going to just go to physical therapy and try to regain as much functionality as you can in that hand? And then change career, like yeah, teach, maybe teach rather than being a surgeon. Um, and it's it's pretty sad to like it watch is. him have to navigate this conversation. Yeah, and everyone is navigating it just like very very emotionally. Yeah. Like yeah. I, it was a a very small portion of it, but like Derek's sort of um, cr- crisis around you know the potential that he could end Burke's career. Like he talks to Burke and tells him, you know, like I can do this surgery for you, but then he just has a freak out because he's like, I could ruin this man's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really worried, of, you know, Gene McFoot syndrome is yeah. real. He's super <laughs> fucking worried about it. Also, in that conversation with Burke, though, they say the words <laughs> honorable, like, 14 honorable. times. Yes. Honorable. <laughs> Burke's over honorable. Over and over Derek's again. honorable. He is a decent and honorable man. Well, he might be a decent and honorable man, <laughs> but you too are a decent, decent and, and honorable, honorable man. man. And that's coming from me, the chief, a decent honorable. and honorable <laughs> man. <laughs> I was like watching that scene like, am I having a fucking stroke right now? Or are they actually <laughs> repeating these words over and over and over They're again? They're like, listen, guys, men aren't trash. They're <laughs> and decent honorable. and honorable. Horrible. They're really just trying to hypnotize us in this moment. <laughs> oh my god, that's absolutely what They're it like, was. Men are okay. It was like yeah, right, like okay. someone was with a teacup, okay. oh like god. going around the rim, being like, Don't "That's how they got another ten years out of us." They're decent and honorable. <laughs> yeah, oh exactly my god, right. they've been get outing Holy us shit. this whole time. Holy we didn't shit. know it. Oh my god, they got us. They got us. Yes. Oh god. man. How do we break the spell? How do we get out? What white bitch do we For have to real. kill? It's not Megan. <laughs> So, so like, Derek and the chief have their own little, like, come to Jesus about Burke's situation. And Christina is also really struggling Mm -hmm. with it. And it's, like, this really tender moment when Burke – it's a sweet moment when Bailey's, like, what can I get you? And he's, like, he finally sort of finds the will to to ask for Christina, right? In, like, a girlfriend sense, Mm -hmm. which we see so And Bailey is so disappointed in him for it. Yeah. (laughs) And – Her face just communicates, like, Yeah. (laughs) Also, I think she's like, is this my job right now? Yes. Uh, am I a resident right. like, Are you fucking waiting me on this? you right now? Which, He's like, I'd like a little bit more morphine and my girlfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, get a nurse. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Christina. So that's also the moment when Bailey realizes that her suck ups are gone. And she has a great line there uh, where she yes. calls Burke by his complete name. And she says, uh, calls him out his yeah. name. Like, yeah. it's my favorite. Yes. Xavier, Xavier Burke. Xavier Burke. Yes. What have you done strong with my suck names? Also, a, a, str- strong, a strong name. It is name. a strong name. A man's it's an honorable name. A decent, name. <laughs> an honorable man's name. Yeah, that's exactly right. Preston Xavier Burke. What have you done with my suck up? And and you know, then we can we can, can get into when Bailey actually finds her her suck ups. But but when Christina eventually makes it in there, 
she is like really incapable of helping him in the moment with that decision. And I, I think that we're supposed to think that it's sort of bad that she can't, or that she's running away from it. Um, Mm. but I actually have a lot of empathy for how she, how she needs some time and space to think about it. Right. And really think like, this is a huge decision. And, and she's clearly not like reaching across the threshold to like comfort him in a way that he's really looking for. But I think that what he he needs from her is help making a decision, right? And 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 she's yeah. not equipped in that moment because of everything else going on and because of how big of a decision it is to really help right. him. And I, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what you guys thought of that sort of – of her unwillingness to, like, engage in that in that moment. But I kind of found it like, man, that's just how she's processing, like, this really tough information, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, I understand why Burke would turn to her – for this decision because like in times of crisis you turn to your partner to help you make decisions but I don't know for me in the moment it read as just like an incredible act of like emotional labor that Burke was asking her to perform Mm -hmm. and um it just like puts her in a position because because of like what we know about Preston Burke's character and how he's treated her in the past for decisions that she's made, it puts her in the position of being blamed if things go wrong. And I think f- forward in my notes, I said, I think forward to Callie and the and the thing that happened with Arizona and her leg when they had to amputate yeah. and Callie had to make the decision. And ultimately, Arizona blames her for right. it, even though it was the right decision to right. make. Yeah. And yeah. so I just feel like it's. I understand why you would turn to your partner for for things like that, but it it feels so unfair in the moment to ask them to make a life altering decision. Yeah, you. well, because yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like he says, "Hey, would you mind helping me think through this?" Right? He's like, "What should I do?" Right? And sort of puts that burden yeah. on her. I think that's a really, really important distinguish, like, uh, you know, difference yeah. there, Patrice. That you're pointing out. I think that's really valuable. Yeah, it's not it's not an invitation to a conversation. It's just tell me I I can't make this choice for myself. I do think that there are a couple of ways to read. So I'm thinking specifically of the moment when Yang walks into his room Mm -hmm. and the camera really lingers over, you know, like the IV in his arm and like the bandage on his shoulder. Um, And it flashes to Yang's face, which is uh, like unable to sort of mask Mm -hmm. her um how upsetting all of this is for her and i think that there are kind of two ways to read the situation like that moment for yang like one is that she's overwhelmed seeing like her partner um a person that she cares deeply about um in in this way right Mm -hmm. but i think there's something else that we're also supposed to see which is that yang is struggling to see his weakness yeah. mm-hmm, like she's mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. sure yes. struggling to see him vulnerable like yeah. this mm-hmm. and she doesn't i think there is a part of yang's character and this might be getting ahead a little bit of where this episode leaves us but there's going to be a part of yang's character where she has to grapple with the fact that like she she doesn't do well with people she perceives to be weak Mm -hmm, or vulnerable mm -hmm. and she doesn't want to see him that way she wants to see him as preston fucking work right um and that's hard that's that's like a little bit more difficult to feel sympathy for 
with Yang is like that that is a a little bit of a flaw to her that like not only will she not accept weakness in her own person and that's fine but it it becomes an issue with other people as well yeah and that's less forgivable and I think a pretty like interesting place for us to be digging into Yang as a character like she we are starting to add layers real layers of complication and complexity to this person yeah which i think does like what we were talking about a little bit ago does maybe great against this idea you know what i mean like that it's i struggle to hold that against also the like like i'm looking for humanity in christina and i want to advocate for her as a human but also she is she does have real weaknesses when it comes to to being a human and and all all of the pain that that sort of entails right which involves things like seeing your partner in very vulnerable states and very weak states right yeah and so i think that like to a certain extent like she's her own worst enemy when it comes to that kind of thing sometimes Mm. yeah when we uh, i think i mentioned in my notes um that she you know, this is an episode all about fight or flight. And we know that fight or flight are not the only two responses. There's fight, flight, freeze, and fall. Um, but Christina is pretty clearly positioned as as someone with a flight yes. response, right? right? Which I think is really interesting. It, 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 like, it marks a shift in the characterization of Christina Yang so far because we think of her as like a fighter. Um, I think just kind of in the way that she carries herself, right. but she's she's like out to survive at all costs, mm-hmm. which oftentimes like that is a flight response, right? Yeah, it's like definitely. I'm not putting I'm not putting my neck out right. there. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I want to survive. I want to fucking yeah. make it. Um, and we see we see that like throughout this episode. Yeah, in pretty much every instance, <laughs> like even when she finally goes to Denny's room and she's like, "No, yeah. I'm yeah. getting the fuck out of here." Like, what she's are like, you? I'm all leaving. Doing? I'm not gonna Burke get kicked out. Shot. Yeah, she says yeah, she's exactly. not involved. You know, like she's like, yeah, and it's like to, the, you know, which is tough. Like that's you don't blame her, but like the counterweight, the counter example to the flight response though is like if the episode is supposed to. And I think it is meant to get us cheering for people with like a fight response. Mm. I it's insane that they're using Izzy as Yeah, I was I like, know. is Izzy the fight yeah, response? Like, because that bitch is crazy. She's like, I'd rather be fighting for someone than running away from them. And I'm just like, that is so deeply besides the fucking point right yeah. now, Isabel Stevens. It's flawed. You don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. She is absolutely unhinged in this episode <laughs> oh my and god it is frightening should we get into that yeah. yes <laughs> let's do that she's nuts absolutely insane uh, yeah i just i seriously at almost every point in this episode i thought why is no one calling a psych consult to come and take izzy away because she is literally acting insane um and just like erratic and emotional and she's obviously having an emotional breakdown yeah. and no one's like um hold on izzy we'll be right back and then someone comes to take her away to a fucking padded cell a fucking straight jacket yes exactly yeah, it, not only is like no one doing that but like people are actively covering for her including one preston xavier right. burke which yes. is crazy to none me of that- none of it makes sense that all of these people are covering for make AC. it make sense, Patrice. That I Bailey can't. is the only person who's like, "Oh no, Mm-mm. 
you're a visitor now. Like, yeah. Olivia, take the reins. But even, even Bailey, though, is covering because she goes, Chief, hypothetically, when really she, she should say, Isabel Stevens fucking broke the law. Someone come and arrest her. Yeah. We need to take her away. Yeah, but she doesn't want to jeopardize, like, the hospital status and all of that shit. I actually think that Bailey has a very reasonable response to things, which is to say, at all points, do not tell me what you've done. Yep. I do not want to know. I do not want to testify against you in a court of law. And then when she tells the chief, she maintains the same confidentiality, Mm -hmm. right? You don't want me to tell you. And I think that's actually really fucking smart and commendable. Yeah. And I don't remember what happens. Like, obviously, the the, the hospital doesn't fold, right? Like, they don't lose their status <laughs> right. as a trans. But I do not Yet. understand how or why, based on, like, my adult self watching this episode and being like, somebody should call holes. their managers plot and holes. probably also their parents. <laughs> like, Definitely yeah. plot holes. And, yeah. like, honestly, when we get to next week's episode, I have so many thoughts about their, pun- their oh, quote unquote punishment yeah, the for severe. doing this severe oh, consequences Jesus that the chief Christ. says which are not negligible. Uh, they're non-existent yeah, they're yeah, just not yeah. it's insane yeah well that whole scene um, so yeah, i mean d- so we we get in there izzy has cut the elvad wire george has called george is there he has called christina and meredith and and then it's just like bonkers right like it is completely <laughs> frenetic in this scene like george is like flipping through a book and meredith's like what medicine do oh we my need God. like Everyone's i'll yelling. know it when that i see is my it favorite. and like denny appears to be unconscious apparently he's not and like everybody is like flipping the fuck out in each of their own like very character centric ways which i find like kind of yes. sat- satisfying but it's a little bit like you just turned up the volume on all of their characters and then like threw them into a room in a chaotic situation <laughs> And then <laughs> Meredith, like, figures it out. Like, she's – but, like, that – but that's, like, a, it was, like, a really stressful scene to watch. I'm, like, trying to take notes, and I, like, can't – like, I can't keep up with everything that's happening because it's so batty. Yeah. I just want to say that that George in this entire sequence is the most I've liked George maybe yeah. ever. Um, comedic and timing part to of the it max. Is comedic timing is great. The fact that he like immediately rushes to help Denny because he's like, what the fuck have you done? But also the fact that he goes full Hermione Granger in this scene <laughs> and has a textbook and he's like, no, guys, I know I read this somewhere. <laughs> Just give me a minute. <laughs> he also has a great line. This this episode has so many excellent throwaway so lines. Many. Yes. And oh he has God. a great moment where he's like, I should have taken that internship in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and I like lost it because everybody's this never would have happened if I was in San in Diego. And he's like, "This wouldn't have happened if I was in San Diego." And I was like, "Dude, you're fucking right. Like, it would not. Yeah. Have you are spot on. It was yeah. so good." Christina also has a great line in in that scene where she's like, "Izzy, I know you're having problems here. What with your." possible murder charges and then goes on and was like oh my god you are delivering like fire burns even while you're freaking out christina yang had like a period of i don't know like 15 minutes of the episode of the first 15 minutes of this episode where every single fucking thing that came out of her mouth was perfect yep, <laughs> yep. yep. for sure so then we all kind of we all kind of mentioned that Meredith eventually sort of takes control of the situation. Um, just like again, very melancholia. I find ways to like bring that film into my life as much as possible, where like the depressive person is actually who the fuck you want in a crisis mm-hmm. or the end of the world. Yep. Like you want that energy. So mm. you've just got like sad ass Meredith in there <laughs> being like <laughs> solving all the problems. <laughs> 
with no fight or flight response is just like kind of like no okay, well. <laughs> is she eating yeah or like or? just like another rainstorm on a day for her you know? yeah. like she's like yes. oh, all right something bad yeah this wasn't again. unexpected <laughs> My tail's lost. Her face at no point, and I do not think this is any limitations on Ellen Pompeo's acting. I think this was a choice. Her face at no point registers anything remotely approaching No. Chuck. No. <laughs> Zero. True. I mean, the bitch has held a bomb in yeah, her hand, like, so like nothing like, Oh, El Dadwire, we can handle this. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh and I, like, yeah. I sort of so, wonder, like, the role of her character, you know, like... I, I wonder if she ever gets tired of being that empathetic and, like, responsible for other people's feelings. Um, yeah. But I, I guess I just think that it's very true to, like, who she is, you know? Like, I think that, yes, it's mm-hmm. definitely attributed to her sort of depressive state. Um, but I am, in moments like these, it's, it's like, really when I love this show so much because I love her character and I love her ability to do that and for everybody to immediately listen to her and, like, fall into order, right? It's, like, it, and it's, yeah. like, so yeah. satisfying to watch and, like, a, I don't know. I just, I, I, like, really love it. I think it's in a way that's, like, deeply sad, like, the way that you love a really sad movie, I suppose, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she's commendable. She's commendable. And it makes you think about, like, the shit she had to deal with growing up with her mother that she's like developed this response to crisis. Yes. Yeah. She's just like, chill guys. I got it. But she does, she does kind of, she does kind of ruin it towards the end. Like she gives her big monologue and she's like trying to keep everyone calm and sane in this moment of utter insanity. And, and then she has the most ridiculous line where she says, the point is you can't help who you fall in love with. And I'm like, yeah, Meredith, that is not remotely just, the fucking point right now. Just that whole conversation where, where like, Izzy is like, I'm fighting for what I love because I love him. And Christina's just like, you don't even know him. Yes. Like, for real, bitch? Like, you don't know this man. You you hung out in his hospital room and knit a sweater and played Scrabble with him and now you know him? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's... It's very unfortunate framing. Yeah, it's like looking great. back. It's well, yeah, and it's really it's framing. like kind of an awkward end to like a really frenetic scene. You know, like I, I, like as soon as they yeah. start talking about love, it's not like we forgot about their complicated right. love lives as audience members. <laughs> you know, like it's like we know Derek's still out there. We know, like you know, yeah. like <laughs> we're very aware. We can handle both it's like, of it's these. It's okay stories. that you made bad medical decisions because love, love will save us all. What? Did this just turn into Moulin Rouge? Just right. like, stop. <laughs> this is not good. You know what? Love did not save, save Nicole Kidman in that film. <laughs> she no. definitely so, died. She did. Whatever. TB. TB. It was tuberculosis. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure when that movie was set. I just said 1800. I think you're right. Okay, great. I think great, that was great. correct. Cool. Great. TB. She died from it. So, like, our interns, like, they really, they, they're, they're really hesitant to help Izzy, Meredith sort of gets everybody in line, <laughs> but they're so. really, rightfully so, exactly, are very hesitant to help her. But the whole purpose of this, right, is Alex is in another at another hospital with Erica Hahn, and they're waiting to hear because there is one heart for two men, and they need to prove that Denny is worse <laughs> off. <laughs> two men, one heart. Yeah, I just thought of that. <laughs> That's a really terrible medical porn. <laughs> Oh my god, medical porn. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a weird male male female threesome. Yeah. Two men, one heart. Yeah, one heart. 
There's definitely some like or, BDSM or the like, romantic comedy web series. It's going one of two ways. <laughs> And so they're waiting, like, they're trying to make Denny worse, right? And so they stop his heart for six seconds, which I thought is, like, a really, like, that's a really, like, tense moment of that scene, which I really enjoy. Um, And they're trying to find some attending or resident, somebody higher up than them, who will sign off on the papers that say, like, yes, Denny's, you know, death is imminent for Denny. um, (laughs) And he deserves this heart more than Erica Hahn's guy. Um, and I gotta say, like, I really feel for Hans patient. I'm oh, like, I don't know, like, right? I, 15 years ago when I watched this show, I, like, really didn't care about him because I still cared about Denny. And now I'm just like, man, yeah. these assholes don't deserve this heart, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, not at all. They're cheating the system. Also, Han gives, like, the most beautiful little monologue. Ugh. About her guy, and I'm like, oh God, there are like tears welling in her eyes it's when she so says it. Good. Also, it's so good. It's super understated I love and excellent. Erica Hahn. Oh God, she's fantastic. Brooke, Brooke Smith, please be my wife. <laughs> yeah. This is a formal proposal. This is it. <laughs> it's you a, got it. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great moment. And when Alex says, like, no, truly. I'm sorry. I I mean, it's real. He yeah. is sorry. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's one of those moments where I'm like, ah, fucking Karev gets it. And it's not just because he hates this no, guy. No, right? he gets it. No, it's, he's because this is what this is actually wrong. Yes, yeah. yes. And he has a highly <laughs> defined sense of, of right and yeah. wrong, honestly. Well, yeah. And I think <laughs> that, I mean, and, 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 you know, even more sort of cheers to Han that when, when he says she doesn't... Denny ultimately doesn't deserve it and he's really sorry that Han gets on that helicopter and comes and does the surgery and I think that's such an admirable moment like you know that she gives that monologue her eyes are welling with tears and she's still able to go perform the surgery you know I I just I I think that that's like such a telling moment of her character like I think it makes her a truly excellent doctor of like I know I'm the best person to do the surgery because Preston Burke can't and so I'm you know I will get on and go to this place that I hate and do this thing I don't want to do and I think that's a really great moment yeah agreed and then yeah should we the the other thing on wait have we missed other stuff about Denny I want to talk about the George and Meredith thing but are we missing other oh well we missed the part where Denny proposed marriage to Izzy While partially unconscious, so I'm not sure if it totally counts. It definitely doesn't count. And the fact that Izzy, while pumping his heart, is like, wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Like, (laughs) you have to confirm for me that you just proposed. What are your priorities right now? She comes back to it so many times towards the end of the essay. I know. uh, Towards the end of the essay. He said, marry me, right? Yeah. Like, this is all about love. And Meredith and George both answer, and they're like, yep, that really did happen that's but what you he can said tell that they're like after you cut his you elvad <laughs> wires and he was in extreme distress and afraid of your craziness he said marry me yep that that's what you what should happened. focus on not the fact that your medical career is about to end or that he might die focus on the love part yeah I don't know. I think Izzy has like a pretty incredible ability in this entire story arc to make it about herself you know, like it's it's <laughs> really like, it's like almost comical, you know, of like know. she's like, you can't, you know, like you made me love you, you can't die you know, like the whole like DNR thing and then the whole proposal thing and the L that like it's like she's she has in her head that she wants to save Denny, but in reality she's only trying to save him for herself. And I think that's like a really, really damaging like 
way to look at a relationship that they're there to sort of serve you and serve your own hopes and dreams and feelings. Um, and I think Izzy does that here. And I think that that's like pretty awful and like very blatant. Fuck Izzy. Yeah. Racist crazy. <laughs> I knew you were going to somehow work in that Catherine Heigl or not Catherine Heigl, that Izzy Stevens is a racist. Still racist. Not, not Catherine no, Heigl. No, the, no, the never. The character of But Izzy, Izzy Stevens, Stevens, still racist. Somehow, even though she's not doing anything except being crazy about cutting some of Well, Callie's right. apparently not at work today, so she right. didn't get a chance to demonstrate how racist she is. <laughs> Um, so we, she should does we talk- tell Miranda Bailey to shut up. Oh my God. She says out loud to her boss, Miranda Bailey, I don't care. And I was like, holy shit that she needs to be slapped. Yeah. This bitch needs to be slapped. She really Unbelievable. <laughs> she's the entitlement just jumped yeah. out. Just, well, she's also just it's fucking crazy. annoying in this episode. Like the whole time she's like got her pump and she's like, he's going to get it. Right. He's going to get it. Right. Bailey, Bailey, right. Bailey. Uh, he's going to get it. Right. It's so like, scary Ugh. like people are afraid to come near her like when olivia comes in and she tries to take over the pump and izzy's like i'll fucking kill you basically <laughs> like that's what her like crazy pumping of the hard pump she like doesn't even say any words she's just her eyes are wide yeah. <laughs> well and she assaults george which i noted is the third time this season alone yep. that oh she has assaulted a fellow intern yep. <laughs> She's off the fucking rails. Yeah. 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 Also off the rails, George's apology to Meredith, if we want to call it. Oh, my God. All three of us seem to take the same offense to his apology or attempt I'm just going to make that noise the whole time we're talking about (laughs) it. Just a... mm, (laughs) The Tina Belcher, like, nervous noise. I'll just, like, put that here. (laughs) Just, like, what kind of apology is this? It's so terrible. I mean, so what happens is that Meredith um, thanks George for calling her to help with the Izzy thing. Which which is crazy. Why why? would you thank George for that? Right. Um, And he's like, I mean, whatever. And she's like, well, it had to have meant something. And he's like, whatever. And so Meredith apologizes again, you know, um, about we are still talking about something that feels like it happened years ago. But the fact that they slept together and Meredith was sad. That is that <laughs> still that mm-hmm. remains the whole fight. And then George gets mad yeah, like men like, do. And he's like, stop apologizing. And then he launches into, you know, we'll we'll pull clips of it here. But he essentially launches into this discussion about how Meredith needs to stop apologizing about it because um, he knew something was wrong. Yeah. I knew you didn't feel that way about me. Even during... When we were in bed, I knew. I knew and I still let it happen. Because, um... I figured that... One night with you was better than ever. So... We just stop saying that you're sorry. Because you didn't know any better, but I did. And it is the creepiest shit. This is the first time that he admits fault for anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, kudos. No, but no he kudos. Also, well, for finally taking some fucking accountability, I'll give like a quarter of a kudo, <laughs> singular. 
But he also says at one point, like when he's explaining why Meredith doesn't need to apologize, he says at one point, you didn't know any better. As like kind of pointing to like the way that she's been raised in like her sort of personality and whatever, like you didn't know any better, but I did, right. mm. which is the most patronizing shit imaginable. I mean, it's. Oh my god, it's really up there in the hallmark of terrible, terrible apologies. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's like, it's really, really, really awful. And I think that, um, I think that we're supposed to like it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to look at that as like, wow, George, like, look how much you've grown and look how, look how you know, brave you're being in this moment, admitting that you loved Meredith and you knew she didn't love you back. But to me, it really, like, I don't know. My read on that conversation is that he's, like, admitting almost – he's almost admitting to having sex with somebody who did not fully give consent and that Mm -hmm. he was acutely Mm -hmm. aware Mm -hmm. of that, right? That he was like, I know that you didn't want it and I kept going anyway. And to me, that's like a, wow, Mm -hmm. you did not get enthusiastic consent from your partner and you were cognizant of that. Right, like you were t- yeah, 100% yeah. cognizant of it, and are now talking about it aloud, and trying, you know, yes! and I, and I just like it. It really left me with like a deeply unsettled feeling in my stomach, it, it, and 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 I I just I it's just awful. <laughs> it's just awful. It's really awful, and it's like the fact that he feels uh, so comfortable saying it out loud to Meredith in kind of this huffy, like, stop apologizing way, means he absolutely doesn't know the wrong that he actually Mm -mm, did. Like, he's apologizing, but it's not remotely for the right (laughs) thing. And when you say that he didn't get enthusiastic consent from his partner and and continued anyway, I like, I understand that it was 2006, and so our conversations about consent were considerably different than they are now, but it wasn't even an issue of him not getting enthusiastic consent. Like, he didn't even get, like, bare minimum consent. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> and was totally, and was totally fine with going forward anyway, because, as he says, one night with her was better than never, which is Oh, God, that is such a predatory thing to say, to think, to feel. I mean, it's so fucked up. I wonder why the um, writers decided to take it in this direction. I just feel like all of the other um, characterizations of how George feels about this moment have been like, Meredith, you should have known better. You you knew that I was in love with you. And I, I just this scene that they have doesn't indicate any sort of like thoughtfulness on George's Mm, part or like he'd been thinking about it and then just realized that it wasn't Meredith's fault like it was almost like he knew the whole time but he was mad anyway yes but that's not how the the previous episodes about this topic are written and so I wonder why they decided to cut in this apology because the scene is almost a throwaway yeah like they're sitting after you know Izzy goes to fight for her love and Christina goes to, you know, flight or whatever. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, I just don't like I don't understand why they put it in there and why they felt the need to wrap it up in that way, because they, they had already, you know, George has already moved back in. Their friendship is continuing. We haven't had to talk about this terribleness for a while. And so I'm just like, why did you decide to put this in? Why was it important? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. It, it's well, it really takes George in a deeply 
unappealing direction and not yeah. like in a fun comical no. like George is the worst way, but in like an actively distressing and actively distressing George is the yeah. worst way. Yeah. I think in yeah. a way that that takes his um his awful character even it makes him even worse, right? It's like somehow this yeah. character who is already so problematic and problematic toward women and problematic toward relationships and problematic toward his 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 career, and it makes him now like you know even even worse. And I think that that's a hard pill to swallow for a character who's already so 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 tricky um it feels like a whole new layer i guess is what i'm trying to say um and that's bad because george can't afford to have any more layers to his awfulness (laughs) yeah seriously so let's talk about camille travis Tessa Thompson, how I love you. You guys like really right. have it out Count for Tessa Thompson, huh? Ways. I would marry Whoa. her in a heartbeat. I would leave Gina with almost not even a second thought. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson is hot <laughs> shit. When I say that I have loved Tessa Thompson since this episode of Grey's Anatomy, that is very real. Really? Like I saw her and I was like, I love her. <laughs> I did not love her in this episode. I, did I not thought she was start... such a star. And when they yes. change her casting. Oh, yeah. 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 Which, you know, often happens to black characters. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wonder why. Interchangeable we are. Yeah. So interchangeable. But they changed. We all uh, look alike. They changed the actress who plays the niece. And it's really sad. I Like, I, I noticed it very much so because I thought Tessa Thompson, I did not know her name at the time, but I thought right. the first version of Chief's niece was so good good like she was just so great um in the next one not she's i don't know the name of that actress but Mm -hmm. she's a downgrade oh like tessa thompson was a star immediately yes death (laughs) so camille travis tessa thompson is um the chief's uh niece uh, she's brought in by Adele, the chief's wife, um, because she <laughs> Loretta Divine. Also oh my incredible. God! Bless <laughs> what a national fucking treasure for real, uh, really for real. Um, so she's brought in by Loretta Divine slash Adele, and also like I love Loretta Divine's voice. This is just yes, a yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's, it's I love yes. it. Agreed completely. Uh, yeah. Um, so she's brought in because she has passed out. She was unconscious while losing her virginity. Not, like, at the start of it in a rapey way, but, like, during the act, she passed <laughs> Not out. Not in a George way. Right, <laughs> right exactly. It, it was very consensual, as, you know, she describes later about her perfect virginity loss. Oh, that was... Oh, you're done. Okay. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> I thought she was taking a sip. <laughs> I thought so too, and I was like, I actually did go to take a sip. I was like waiting expectantly. But then there was just like an awkward fucking pause, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, so the complication. uh, Did you already mention this? Like the complication is that she has Mm -hmm. fought cancer previously, and so that's one of the reasons that like people are more concerned when she comes into the hospital having passed out for no discernible reason. And there's a really heartbreaking moment, you know, so Camille is lying in bed, Addison is examining her, or at that point, she's just talking to her, Mm -hmm. Um, and her friends are in the room as well. Uh, Seattle's most integrated high school, I'd like to add, extremely unrealistic, Um, (laughs) but (laughs) she's she's lying in bed, and, um, and Addison asks her if she's been experiencing any other symptoms, and... 
there's this moment where Tessa Thompson's face just freezes and her eyes start to well up and her friends are like, no, you haven't been feeling bad. Mm -hmm. And Addison's like, you have, haven't you? Yeah. And she starts like explaining some of those, some of the symptoms, but it's just, oh, it's such a good moment for Tessa Thompson's face. She just didn't want to miss prom. She didn't want to miss prom. Like every teenage girl. Yeah, yeah, you know, I kind of love her friends and her. Like I love I, I was sort of thinking about how much they seem like teenage girls. Um and I work with teenagers and this is nothing like twenty nineteen teenage girls <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, it's like really feels super disconnected to me from from the reality of what teenagers are like today. But I actually think it's pretty accurate for teenagers in two thousand six, right? Like I could see, you know, high school classmates of mine caring about prom in the same way or being sort of both vapid and caring in the same way. And I think it's actually like a really, really sort of sweet representation of what it's like to have, um, I don't know, like girlfriends when you're a junior or senior in high school. And I don't know. I thought it was like they're they're clearly like vapid and maybe overacting. But um, but I found it like. I don't know, really sweet the way that they sort of like advocate with her and for her um, and try to like make her prom dreams come true. I don't know. I just think it's like a really nice 2006 thing. Um, The friends, the friends are precious. They're like extremely cute. Um, And Adele gives a totally inappropriate (laughs) dressing down of the chief because he's not allowing Camille's friends to stay in the hospital. In the hospital. Which yeah, they can't do that. Um, no. But she decides that now is as good a time as ever to drop the bomb that she knows all about his affair with right. Ellis Gray. She's like, <laughs> Back listen, in the day. let your niece have a prom because I know you fucked Ellis Gray. Like, what? What a time to use that. Like, she's had that in her right? pocket for 25 fucking years. And this years. is the time? Yeah. Like, she's, she's been married right. to this douche nozzle for 40 years. And now she's like... Hey, this is the moment when I play this trump card right. or whatever the fuck. This you know? prom is really important to me. It's very strange. It's very strange. Maybe it's because she can't remember when she lost her virginity and she was listening to yeah. Tessa Thompson talk about how perfect her words was. Yeah. And she yeah. just, she felt away. Yeah. Is that our first uh, little bit of foreshadowing about Adele later down the line that she can't remember how she lost her Ooh, virginity? Maybe. I didn't think about that, but I bet that's Ooh. true. I'm an eagle-eyed viewer of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I also love the line where she can't remember her virginity. It's like, it's, it's really good. Another like, she's excellent like, I'm, She's telling to Addison, line. she's like, I'm really trying, but I can't remember it at all. Uh, is this the part where we talk about how we oh, lost yeah, our virginity? Oh yeah, this is the part where we discuss our own virginity losses. <laughs> All of our parents, please stop listening. Which I will not partake in as somebody who works with teenagers and is not allowed to talk about that kind of thing on the internet. (laughs) Okay, we're all going to assume that we all lost it in a very sweet way when we were uh, 30 years old. Can we just go around and say, just yes or no, do you remember losing your virginity as uh, sweet and romantic uh, as Camille describes her loss of her virginity. Patrice, go. Um, no. Megan, go. No. 
Me? No. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Camille, you're full of shit. Tessa Thomas has, I like, mean, fucking she's... stars in her eyes when she's talking yeah, about Yeah, she's it. like, have you ever just, just imagined? I'm just saying, like, I think it's because she passed out and wasn't there for the whole thing. Penetrating you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's I think insane. I said, it's an it's... insane person's description of their first time. Well, I don't know. I bet there are some people who really feel that they had the perfect yeah, first dudes. time. Yeah, dudes. Dudes feel that they had the perfect first time. They were like, yeah. They're like, yeah. I just, my dick, it was great. It was like that time I fucked, you know, anything. whatever other hole I've shoved right. into. It was like that time then. I fucked anything. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Like beneath the couch cushions. It was just a satisfying. Like a big mouth reference. <laughs> So anyway, unless Camille's first time was with a woman, and even then, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as nice as she's describing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, should we get into our M and M's? Are we yeah, ready? I think so. Do we have anything yeah, else yeah, you want yeah. to talk about? Yeah, I think uh, so. I think that no, there's think like more it. to talk about with all of these things, but I think that we are left un- obviously super intentionally with a lot of open ends um, that that yes. we'll look yeah, to come out know. because next week is the season finale. Finally. Yeah, for sure. Um, Finally, teardrop the season rankings? finale, which for this show has taken oh, yeah. three years. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so M&M's morbidity and mortality teardrop ranking. I said three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah. I said two and a half. Um, zero tears. You said Dry zero? eyes for Patrice. <laughs> Dry eyes. Dry eyes. Good news. I saved that loop so I can use great, it here. Great, great. Yeah. No. So you you didn't find it, you know, moving? I didn't feel sad at all for really anyone. Really? Yeah. Wow. I found the Burke stuff just really affecting. I mean, I didn't cry, so I guess it's a just disingenuous use of three teardrops. Right. But but we uh, we've already assessed. Yeah, we're not yeah. criers. No, yeah, I think that that's true. I gave it two and a half because I feel really sad about Burke's surgical career as somebody who's a gifted surgeon, and I feel sad that Camille is going to die. You know, like that moment when Addison yeah. has to tell Adele. Which I'm not totally clear on their family structure and what you know, like who's making the medical decisions here, but uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but in that moment when she has to say like, "Hey, this 18 year old who you love more than the sky is 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 going to die from a totally unfair death." Um, yeah. I don't know. That was really sad. Yeah, it's brutal. On the contrary, the on call room. <laughs> <laughs> there's like um, there's like nothing even remotely sexy beyond just the physical appearance no. of these attractive characters <laughs> yeah it's nothing. an off-call room exercise yeah. or uh, episode but i sure. will say the only view oh, of the on-call room that we see is christina running into it and crying. yeah i know which is kind <laughs> of a slap in the face for not this sexy. particular m&m yeah right. but yeah, what i sexy. will say is that it made me feel very excited for the sexy things that happen next week so Mm. I had a moment where I was mm. like, is this the episode? Oh. And then I realized that it's mm-hmm. next episode during the prom. It well, is. I'm looking forward to being gonna surprised be because I don't remember the it's sexy thing. It's going to be good. I also yeah. will have to, I mean, like, I'm remembering it as very sexy, but who knows what my, you know, 30-year-old self will think of it. It'd be terrible. <laughs> that would be so bad. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Okay, you guys, we got to talk about the songs of the week because I had a really hard time embracing any of these songs because so many of them are pulled for the musical episode. 
And yeah. like that Gomez song, all I can hear is Owen singing it mm. in like 10 years. And I'm yeah. like, I, I, I like couldn't really embrace any of them. So I'm curious to hear what you okay, thought. Okay, but here's here's the thing. That Gomez song sucks. Okay. Yeah, anyway, period. that's what we I thought Owen singing. It's a it bad song. I was like, I looked it up and I was like, what the fuck is this song? It's like, like fucking like Lifehouse, but not good. <laughs> I liked Lifehouse. I stand by that yeah. take. I was going to say, why are you comparing them to Lifehouse? <laughs> <laughs> you like life <laughs> It's you. And oh me. God! Shut oh, up! Oh, the people. Oh fuck! <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Disagree. So. I. You liked that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck what was that other know. Christian rock band that was like life? Oh yeah. I there's another one. Them. There we anyway, go. Uh, something like, about feet or foot. Young foot. Or oh, something. switch foot. Anyway, oh, there we go. switch foot. Switch foot. <laughs> Did you say young foot? Young foot. <laughs> Damn it. Son Just of a let's bitch. list Christian bands that we accidentally listened <laughs> yeah. to because we didn't Damn know it. that they were Christian. Listen, I know. Mine was that. Uh, I went to an evangelical junior what is high. That? What's that one? They have a song about Marilyn Manson and my girl. Reliant K. Mm, Reliant K. I was really into them. Yeah. And then I Sadie Happenstance. Yeah. In my khaki pants. Oh my God. They were better. so charming. 38th oh, Parallel. Wow. They were like the Christian rock version of Linkin Park. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, 38th mm. Parallel. Anyway, did you guys have any songs well, cool. that you enjoyed <laughs> from this week? Because I couldn't find my, I couldn't muddle, I couldn't make my way through those murky waters. Of Was Simone. Yeah, I liked I liked Ovo Simone. Mm. I agree. Yeah, through backyards, it was through a good backyards was good. Mostly, I'm putting that because I was watching this with my friend, and when that uh, song came on, she like perked up. She was like, mm, "Love this song. Who is this again?" So I was mm. like, "Oh, I'll put this as my song." Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Great sounds. Death Tally. I got it wrong. Yeah, you for- you forgot you about Petey. Yeah. I didn't remember. Oh. I still don't remember that he died. Yeah. The shooter. Well, they never really. Christina was like, "I'm gonna tell, yeah. so I could tell his family that I did everything I could to save his pathetic little life." And then we just then right. all of a sudden she was in the room with Denny, and I was like, "I guess Petey died." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I took it as like, "Yeah, Petey's still hanging between life and death." I can't really definitively say that Petey died, but that's mm, prior true. to her pushing the epi, they did say this guy's circling the drain, yeah. so he probably. Mm-hmm died so this is what's his name's what's his name's cat this is schrodinger's death schrodinger's death tally okay Hard what to are say. you talking about <laughs> schrodinger's cat i'm just saying okay so that she doesn't cat is inside the bo- no message received no. what the fuck cat i can't see your face so we couldn't have a non-verbal there <laughs> no no, no. We, we have to stop this confirm for me that you know what schrodinger's cat is I want to take a screenshot of the face you're making. I hate you both so much. This is like Burke not knowing blonde ambition. You're burking me right now. Don't burk me, dude. Stop burking me. It's not fun. Oh, man. I don't like it. Tuesday, no one knows what you're talking about. She really got me. Okay, we're going to get back to this later. We're going to move on from the commonly known Schrodinger's cat analogy. Uh, please email to... us. Do you know Schrodinger's cat? But just email it directly to Teresa because we don't care. <laughs> is this a street cat? Is it a rescue cat? This is Where targeting. Is, this is, cat is, targeting. is it feral? Is this a cat cafe? I quit. 
007, you too. 007 is obviously Izzy. If anybody said that anything that's not Izzy, you didn't watch this episode. Well, it's clearly <laughs> right. Izzy. She's a bad oh, doctor. <laughs> Very bad. And then I honestly, I had her as the Karev of the week too, because she's Same. a huge yep. asshole. She's yep. such a dick to every single mm-hmm. person trying to help her. Yeah. yeah. And to help Denny. Like, they're not just trying to help her. They're trying to help Denny, it's too. It's all bad. She's, She's terrible. Just trash-ass racist person. <laughs> what did you guys have for... Um, <laughs> Chief Resident, I think, is sort of intriguing in this episode. Yeah. What'd you guys have? I put Bailey or maybe Meredith mm. for being best in the crisis. Yeah. But- yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everyone's just sort of like running around, you know, fighting their flight or fight responses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for Bailey, who's like, let me get this shit goddamn done because I'm the boss. Yeah. I said Bailey as well because she kept her head. She's trying to problem solve. Um, and she's also seemingly the only person mindful of the legality. Yeah. Like, Maybe the Bailey's the response is fall. Maybe Bailey's response mm. is fall. She's not fight or flight or freeze. She's fall. Hmm. You get really calm, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a fall person. I don't know. What... I'm a freeze, if anyone's wondering. Freeze. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a fight for other people and a freeze for myself. I'm a fall. Really I don't know what fall means. You're a fall? I'm In a the fall. F- fight, flight, or fall. I only know about it because Teresa and I were discussing it <laughs> because we talked about it with our <laughs> therapist. <laughs> with our therapist. Oh. We both Our. Good. Non-relationship. We don't therapist. We don't go during the same session. We're not in couples. Oh, you have you actually have the same therapist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Real talk. Great. I'm gonna look it up because I'm super curious about it. I uh, you know, Bailey I think was an excellent doctor and she was sort of my other consideration, but I gave it to Han. Um, mm. she's like put in such an awful yeah situation and does the surgery for Denny anyway, and advocates for her patient in like really authentic and meaningful ways. <laughs> I also then felt like really embarrassed about Seattle Grace Hospital that Han was going to go there and see what kind of institution was being run. <laughs> and I was like, man, yes. I feel really bad for her that she ever like. It's bad. Although Mercy West or whatever sounds like it's a dumpster fire. As Is well. that where she so... works right now? I think oh, so. Okay. Isn't she Mercy West right now? No idea. I can't mm. remember. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Han and <laughs> Bailey. Good doctors this episode. Yeah. A lot yeah. of good yeah. doctoring. I, I mean, not to be counterweighted entirely by Izzy, but <laughs> but like Derek does a good job. The chief does a good job. You know what I mean? Like we see some like really high quality like doctoring in a way that we haven't in in recent episodes. So yeah, yeah there are so many lines of the week. Yeah, I I feel like we've covered. I feel like we've covered most of the lines of the week that we had listed in the body. Of our episode, I, there's uh, just one there's that I want to talk about. When- <laughs> Caress, yes! yes, that's the one. <laughs> we both had this one. Karev is talking about how much he does not give a shit if Denny gets this heart or not, and he says, "I don't care if that drawling, bedridden whiner ever gets a heart." And I just felt like he summarized all of our feelings about Denny. Yeah. Just just like this that. entire podcast feelings about Denny. That's right. It there. makes me wonder so like part so of me thinks that Shonda really hates Denny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like part of me thinks that like like Karev is like her outlet for like, man, that guy's a fucking tool shed and like yes. I gotta get this out somewhere to make sure that not everybody thinks that I love this guy. 
Yeah, right? Like there was a lot of there was a lot of commentary in the early days of Grey's that like Bailey was Shonda's like avatar in the show, but mm. maybe she's sneakily correct. Right? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. hot take. Totally correct. Shonda, please yeah. write. Confirm for us. Yeah, please write to codegrays at gmail.com and let us know. Please, Shonda. <laughs> Did you see that um she is starting a new like podcast division? Ooh, no. I know. I tried to at her about getting on their roster. <laughs> <laughs> One person retweeted. What? <laughs> oh, 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 not someone we're related to. And I did not know who that person more was. More people than I would expect yeah. to retweet. And I was like, doing. "Wow, look at that energy!" Thanks, that one person who retweeted. <laughs> Um, medical fact of the week, I started looking up fight or flight response, uh, about five minutes before Patrice <laughs> arrived. Um, it's pretty interesting. I'd say, I'd say look it up. We're not going to give you any medical facts. We're just going to tell you to What look you need it up to know yourself. is that I'm a freeze. Patrice is a fall. Megan TBD, but I feel that she's a flight in mm. my heart. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not um, a fight. That, like, the sense of the reason that I was wondering about the fall is because I can adopt a sense of calm during emergencies. Um, mm. And, like, working, again, like, working with teenagers, like, I get put in a lot of those, like, intense, like, student response emergencies, like, crises with kids. And I find that I'm, I'm like, better in emergencies than I think that I would be. So maybe mm. I'm, I'm not a fight. <laughs> I might be a first. I have had the it's taken me a really long time to realize and accept that I am a freeze person which I find just like the most distasteful of all of the trauma responses but enough things have happened where I have frozen <laughs> for me to recognize that if it involves just me I will I will absolutely freeze like my mind absolutely shuts down and I'm out yeah but like my response when other people when something is happening involving like somebody else i have like a really intense fight or response mm-hmm. and that's actually that's actually like my panic response as well so i have an anxiety disorder and so when i'm going into a panic attack like my body my, like my body's fight response is triggered by something that it shouldn't be triggered mm-hmm. by which is deeply frustrating yeah (laughs) but the freeze thing the freeze thing i just find just so sad like when you take the harry potter sorting test if you got hufflepuff i imagine that's like like freeze is like the hufflepuff trauma response in my mind just easily the most disappointing and shameful whatever (laughs) sorry hufflepuffs most people tell me i'm a hufflepuff so that feels about right for me (laughs) (laughs) shit i am not a hufflepuff i'm a ravenclaw i'm a gryffindor Hmm, interesting. Yeah, dumb and loyal. It's me. <laughs> I thought Gryffindors were supposed to be brave. Yeah, but like dumb also. Just okay. like, don't think. We're just like, we will spring into action on your behalf, <laughs> but we won't think about what that might mean oh for God, us or you. I like just did a quick Google search and I'm wondering if we've been saying this wrong because this says fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Like a... Like, like a baby, baby deer? deer? Yeah. I've never heard that before, uh, but... Fawn flop <laughs> or faint. I don't think that's huh. what I... Yeah. I, don't I think know. all of these things have the same thing. Like, you hit the deck. <laughs> hit the deck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> you hit the deck. In whatever way you do. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Anyway. Take a look at it, though. Take a personality quiz online. Something. I'm going to. <laughs> Read some. And first of all, get sorted into a Hogwarts house. First do that. Then, then... find out your Patronus. Then <laughs> I'm going to encourage you to find out your trauma response. <laughs> What is your trauma response? <laughs> Read a bunch of academic articles, go down a rabbit hole, and then ultimately and end up at... And diagnose yourself. Right. Ultimately end up at WebMD. With where... cancer. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and with that, I think our job here is done. <laughs> We've obviously informed you about medicine. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My, can I just close out with one final thing? My partner listened to our most recent episode, which... Uh, for that week was the one about Jean McFoot. And she said out loud to me, your lack collectively of medical knowledge is <laughs> astounding. <laughs> we should have Gina on the show. Gina's a nurse. She was like upset by, <laughs> by us just punting on what for her was like the most basic of things i think that's when we were like yeah we don't really know what like a pacemaker does and she was like fuck you for that she's like haven't you learned anything at least by proxy she's for like, me are you either? kidding me <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, so here's where we say uh, that you should listen to us, but you should also subscribe to our podcast and share it with friends. Yeah, like you can us. Like us. You can listen and subscribe. You can rate us five stars on Only iTunes. Only fucking five stars. Leave us a nice review. Only a nice review. No one needs to hear any other kind. We, we will don't delete care. it. Yep. Um, But you can also find us on Podbean, on Acast, on Stitcher, anywhere you get podcasts, you can find us. You can find us on uh, Twitter, at code underscore grays underscore. Um, You can email us. We'd love to get an email from someone, anyone, codegrays at (laughs) gmail.com. Literally anyone. And we also have a Facebook page, um, but Facebook is super evil. So try to find us some other way. Yeah, we might different. be switching over to an Instagram. I mean, still owned um, by Facebook, so. <laughs> you know, Twitter is the lesser evil. Yeah. Barely. Maybe by a hair. Maybe just do better on Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's all bad. Yeah, it's, it's uh, all bad. everything's terrible. Just find us on iTunes. Leave us a nice review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll Yay, see you next week. Bye.